Hey, what's going on? It's the Prowlers Podcast. I'm Joe Pace. And I'm Jeremy Skiba. That's right. The boys are back. So, uh, Jeremy, you were out of town. I had to sit down with Fetz last week. I had to do things alone. It was rough. I was kind of lost. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a great episode. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I listened. And, uh, yeah, it was funny. I thought it was funny when, when Fetz goes, yeah, not a lot of people can keep up with you, Joe. So, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty funny. But, yeah, no, a great episode. And, uh, yeah, great to be back. So, how was your time with family? It was good, yeah. So, I went home, uh, I think it was the Thursday before last week, um, saw friends, uh, spent time with family, saw my grandparents, um, helped the family friend move, so I made some money uh, from that, which was really nice, and... Uh, yeah. You know, folks, anytime we can make some money on the side, we really, really enjoy that. Yeah, so yeah, if you yeah. have opportunities for us out there and you're listening, uh, you know, hit us up. We're always in for a good day of hard work. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was how it helped them move. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of heavy lifting. It was nice. It was good. And I, you know, I enjoy it. So, right? Yeah. It's part of life in the minors. Yeah. That's why I love watching movies on, like, Gordy Hall and mm-hmm. them. Because you see, during the summer, they're all working construction right, or right. asphalt or something. They're like, they're just blue collar workers in the summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you really see with these guys, a lot of guys, you know, have another job outside of hockey, you know, at this level. And, yeah, it's usually manual labor work or, um, yeah, pretty much things of that, of that sort, so yeah. Well, there are some other hockey players I think we should mention right off the bat. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Casey's Pizza, for bringing us this episode. It's amazing. Our premier sponsor of the podcast, Import here on Check Them Out, because they'll be open through this whole lockdown. But, man, there's hockey players out of a job now, because the Mentor mm-hmm. Icebreakers folded last night. So, uh, or just two nights ago, they announced that they are done. So if you didn't see it on our uh, Instagram and Facebook story, uh, another one bites the dust. (laughs) That picture was savage. Yeah, I I texted Matt Grimace and I said, yeah, listen, I'm I'm ready uh, to do some scouting for another dispersal draft. So, (laughs) but, um, well, so fans, uh, if you're wondering, I know they put a lot of this on COVID and things like that. But to give you the inside scoop, they had some owners there that could have stayed there for a lifetime, even if there was no fans involved. So, uh, you know, obviously it's hard to run a minor pro sports team. It's also hard to sit back, fund it, and let other people run it for you. So I think a lot there has to do with the personnel they had running the team over the last two years because, uh, you know, the first year, Ian Duncan, he butted heads with everyone and he made it hard for people. Then at the end of that year, they kind of shun him out and take him away from the GM roles. And they bring in Nick Russo, who had never really been involved in pro hockey. He was a high school sports guy, high school hockey guy from Ohio. They bring him in. He did well. He sold some more advertising. But the thing was, he didn't have the hockey you know, background that you need to run a pro team. And I think that's the hardest thing. So, you know, it's definitely personnel you have running the teams. And I take pride that the teams I've ran for Barry, they've lasted. They have longevity. You look at the Danville Dashers. They're the oldest tendered team now in the FHL. And even though I was only there their first four seasons and then I came up here to Port Huron, 
Uh, those were four crucial, very important years there. We battled through some low attendance. So I think we were getting probably less attendance our first year than Mentor ever in their history. So people that could say things about Mentor having a small rink or this or that, Danville had a bigger rink, and we were averaging like 300 fans or less a game our first season. Yeah, well, first of all, I didn't know. I thought you were in Danville longer than four seasons. Uh, nope, four, four seasons there. Yeah, well. well, listen, I will say this also about uh, Nick Russo because um, – so you know, we, we mentioned last time I was on here how you know I'm transitioning to the front office role. And we'll get into more of that later. But um, one thing I did over the summer was I took an assistant GM in scouting um, cla- uh, class online. And uh, one assignment we had to do is we had to interview GMs, you know, or a GM, director of scouting, or player personnel uh, around the league and – well, around different hockey leagues. So I reached out to guys in the Fed, SP, ECHL, uh, you know, the CHL, a- anything I could get my hands on. And whoever replied, um, automatically, you know, you only had to do two people for the assignment. I did everybody who got back to me. And Nick Russo was one of them. And, yeah, he had a very diverse background in sports. I mean, I, I remember, one, you know, this is months ago, but I remember one thing that stuck out to me uh, was he helped um, – he stepped in while he was in college for um, his school's um, – lacrosse head coach, I think um, he had gotten cancer and had to do chemo and he couldn't coach anymore, so he stepped in and helped uh, his, his school win a, win a championship in lacrosse that year. So yeah, he had a very diverse background and, and you know, it seemed like he had a lot on his shoulders as a mentor and I, I think overall with what you saw, you know, uh, from mentor, I guess, you know, the first half of last season, it was pretty good and then... I don't know what happened, you know. You well, might they know played more. Battle Creek a lot at the well, beginning. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah maybe. I, I, I'm, maybe you're right, Joe. I, I don't remember. I think the first seven of ten games were against Battle Creek. Really? Or God. something. Barry said something like that. They had like 25 points, and if you take away all their points they had against Battle Creek, they ended up with like five or seven points. Like, really? Yeah, it was, it was something crazy. I, I, so, folks, you got to watch that. Teams that take out to a, an early lead early in the season in this league, the SP, sometimes it's who they're playing because uh, the schedule isn't really spread out. Sometimes last year we played all our games against Columbus before New Year's. Yeah. And then the second half of the season, we never saw them home or away. So you got to watch out for that. If you're, you know, hard on your team, your team might be playing the best teams in the league all at the first half of the year, and then they might have an easier schedule the second half. So, you know, watch for stuff like that. But yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy took this class, and uh, right from there, we started discussing how he could use this role and jump into a bigger role with us and learn so that later on in his career he can move into some bigger roles and have an opportunity to put his name in the hat for some bigger jobs and uh you know i definitely think you have the smarts to be able to run a team you know when it comes to this level it's all about the budget it's how much money you have coming in and how much money you have going out. And if you're spending more than you're making, you know you're in trouble and you got to start trimming. you got to find ways to trim. And that's why you see teams that may not have the fanciest track suits or the fancier buses because you're trimming from the budget. You're trying to make it work. And, uh, you know, people have always said things about us here having a player, head coach, general manager who is on the ice but now the Elmira enforcers are doing the same 
thing. My my eyes. Wait a minute. You said that just popped out of my head because I forgot. Because you know, I I do our rundown. And I totally forgot, and I saw this when I was at home. Yeah, Ahmed Mafus, yeah, the player head coach for the Elmira Enforcers, and I I I I, I, I thought. I heard from either maybe you or Matt that I can't remember who. You wouldn't be surprised if that happened this season. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, I, I've never met Foose. I only saw him play here once. I, I didn't go on the Elmira trip last year. So, you know, I don't, I haven't really seen much of his game on the ice. But, I mean, like, what do you, what do you think about that? Uh, I think, you know, it's going to be really hard for him. I think uh, Robbie Nichols is going to be doing a lot of the GM side mm. of that. And uh, I don't know if Foose is GM, head coach, and player, but I could see Robbie Nichols being the owner, general manager, Foose being the player, head coach. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot for him. He really likes just showing up to the rink, being in and out on his own schedule. So it's going to be a huge, huge change of pace for him. The one thing I think he's going to enjoy the most is not wearing gear on the ice for practice. Mm. I wear full gear every single day. He is going to love being in a track suit every day. <laughs> and uh, I know that, you know, he definitely wants to do practice his way. Even when he's been a player, he's always butted heads with coaches just because he likes to have things going at his pace. And, uh, you know, it's it's a hard, it's a tug of war. So now there's no tug of war. It's his team. It's his practice. So it's his schedule. So people are going to have to deal with it. I honestly, I think it's going to be tough on him, but that's just honestly, he's, you know, he was a great teammate. I loved playing with him, even when uh, I had to break up the, you know, the little tiffs in the room because uh, (laughs) Foose isn't easy to get along with, but that's the thing. You know, I was his buddy and uh, we're still friends to today, so I want this to work for him. And I also want this to work for him because I do not want someone to step into the position I've been doing and fail miserably at it because mm-hmm. it's it, ta- it gives the position and the duties that you're doing a bad rap. So I think over the last two years, I've given player head coaches a good rap again. I've showed how you could run the team and play on the team and have the team be successful. So I know some fans don't like seeing it, but for our budgets and for everything that going on, this is a way that I see owners moving into the next couple of seasons, unless every team just dramatically, when this ends, takes a huge increase, a big, you know, spike in attendance. You know, if we jump up, you know, 500, 600 fans a game, we could probably move into different roles and hire more employees again. But uh, it makes a difference, folks. It makes a difference. You got to bring your friends out. You got to spread the word about your teams and your hometown teams and support your teams. But let's get back to Jeremy. Jeremy, okay. you're going to have some big shoes to fill. And I'm not talking Nick Russo's little tiny <laughs> shoes because those would be easy. What me and Matt have been doing here, you know, we want you to pull that same weight. And uh, things Jeremy's going to have to do, guys, is he's going to have to be more involved with the game ops on home games. Mm -hmm. So that means being involved with the people selling Chuck-a-Puck, the people selling merchandise, 
all our off-ice crew who are all amazing volunteers and they make our game nights possible. Making sure the PA announcer is in check with the penalty box. Everyone has their sheets, they're ready to go. All our ad reads are set up. Having things set up for intermissions, fun games, having contests and contestants ready for those games. Uh, but yeah, having prizes ready for winners, stuff like that. So there's a lot that goes into a game night, especially when that night is a specialty night and we might have mm-hmm. a charity or we're trying to raise money for something. So it's it's really busy. But when Jeremy's going to have the fun part of the job is when we hit the road for a road game because Jeremy is going to be our man in the suit on the bench and I'm going to be barking orders at him to yell at guys who are on the ice opposite of me so usually last year me and Matt if we were on the ice together we had no one on the bench to relay a message to one of the other lines so I was talking to people as we're coming and going off the ice using hand signals off the bench this year it's going to be easy I come off on a shift, I look at Jeremy, I say, hey, blah, 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 needs to do A, B, and C better. I go back on for my next shift, the guy comes off, and Jeremy's able to relay that message to him. Also, Jeremy could relay to me if the other team's switching lines or he sees them doing something on the bench to shuffle their lineup. He could relay that to me and Matt and give us the heads up, and we could catch things even quicker. So I think this past season... Me and Matt did a better job at matching up lines and home and away line matching and being competitive. Our first season, we were rolling lines and we got caught off guard sometimes late in a period and uh, it cost us. And uh, this past season, we did a much better job. So coaches around the league, watch out because me and Graham, we're coming after you. Our pre-scouts are on. If you don't know what a pre-scout is, that's when we watch the game tapes of maybe the last time we played a team or the last times they played and uh, pick up on some of their key little plays or key movements throughout the game. So a pre-scout is key at every level, and we took advantage of it this past season. Yeah, no, I, I do remember multiple times a week walking in and you guys were doing game film, um, you know, preparing for the week. And uh, I would say, even though I wasn't in this role this past season, um, I still remember giving you telling you guys, oh, yeah, well, you know, if they roll with this goalie, he's a, he has a 9.20 save percentage and he's a 10-0. Da, 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 da. Well, so, that's why this is stack guy ski bump. Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, like, I did a little bit of it last year in terms of, you know, what to expect. I mean, I'll tell you guys this obviously even when we play at home too but uh for, you know i did this you know last year um now and again and um yeah i'm, I'm excited to make it more of a, a full-time role and uh I mean, you well, know, you, and, you know what to expect from me. You know? And that's the thing, guys. Jeremy, last year, he came on as a volunteer broadcaster. Now, he came on to do that coming right out of college. And uh, we have a lot of roles that we're always trying to fill every year. A lot of these are volunteer intern roles. But uh, it's a resume booster. And that's what we offered Jeremy. He took advantage of it. And now he's coming back even into a bigger role this year. 
and uh, that's because he earned his keep. He was here every day, putting in hours, but uh, he kind of knows already what's going to go on. You know during practice, me and Matt are going to go for practice, and instead of just standing there and watching, you're going to take a video for social media. You're going to go post that. You're going to check messages on the phone. You're going to return emails. You're going to contact the box office for any issues we have coming up. Well, yeah, I would say with this past season, the, the second half of what you just said, that's what I was doing when you guys practice. I remember during training camp, I was doing like Instagram, Facebook videos like that. But now I expect to focus more on practice itself, help out, you know, from, uh, um, you know, what is it, three hours of practice we do, you know, from whatever time it is, 10 to 1, 11 to 2, whatever, full time, yeah, like on the ice, helping you guys, taking video. And, and that's one other thing I learned from this GM and scouting class was using um, Steve a Hockey Pro, which is basically like, you know, um, Making marks and stuff. Uh, we, we took a hockey video. I mean, I just took... They, they provided us with one, but I did the assignment ahead of time. So I took like an Islanders game. Marking, um, you know, where guys move on the ice. Uh, you know, what they like to do. Um, stats also. You know, this guy has won 13 out of 15 face-offs. Well, you know, and, but, that's what, and that's yeah. key that you could be doing that while exactly. we're practicing. So then when we're coming off the ice, that's ready to show the guys while we're doing video. And, it, you know, if you don't know how busy we are in the mornings and early afternoons here. Uh, some of my most productive best days are the days I don't even get on the ice for practice and Matt runs practice by himself and I could be with Jeremy full time and both of us could be getting work done because not only do we have to contact sponsors during the week, uh, we also have to keep selling throughout the season. We have to make sure we're setting up group nights and moving on. And yeah, losing three hours to practice, or we're not three hours on the ice. We have about a half hour, hour before practice, then an hour and a half practice, and then it takes 15 minutes to get undressed and shower. And uh, you might try to squeeze in a workout too. So you, three hours of your morning being eaten up with practice time and working out and changing, uh, it eats up your day. And that's where, you know, it, we're limited on time and hours already. So I've, uh, I've battled to try to get the right yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And I think now with you coming on board, it's going to be even better because you're going to, you know, be responsible for even more than you were this last season. And, uh, now distributing the workload between three of us equally, it's going to make it a lot easier. And I, and I think in terms of like the coaching part of it, uh, like I was saying, I would, I, I, I'm more comfortable, and I think it'd be better for me to focus more on video while you and Matt focus on, you know, the line drills, um, um, you know, all, all the drills you guys do on the ice, and because uh, you guys, you know, have more experience in that than me, because you know, I stopped playing when I was like ten. So, well, and, <laughs> I mean, that's you know. what it, and you know, guys, Jeremy's moving into this role, and hopefully one day I see you running a team. I don't see you coaching that team. Right. I yeah. see you coming in as maybe assistant general manager in the East Coast League and worrying about the budget and sales and you know all this front office work. Because at the East Coast level and AHL level, a general manager sometimes he's not even at practice or at the rink like that. He he is in the office doing the business side, the right, budget exactly. side of the you know the team that keeps the team there and keeps the team alive in those communities. So as we move forward closer to this season, check out our website. You know, uh, I know that we've been shooting for a December, mid-December start date. With everything that just happened this week, guys. 
Don't be surprised if you see us move to a mid-January, end of January start date. So, you know, I don't want to spoil that for you here. Look for the official announcement on the league website. But, uh, you know, it just is a gut feeling. I've already heard some whispers of it. So uh, I know it's sad to hear that. And I know everyone wants hockey back as soon as they possibly can. I've heard you guys. I've seen the posts. I've seen the comments. I've seen your direct messages. Yeah. Yeah. I know you want to have hockey back. We do too. So uh, let's do everything we can. But uh, it looks like it's going to get pushed back. So it's not official yet. But it's looking that way, and especially with the shutdowns in more than just our state here in Michigan, that's kind of where we're headed. So don't be too sad. The owners, the governors of the FHL, the FPHL, yeah, we are no. dead set. We're going to have a season. We're going to do whatever we can to get games in and put the product on the ice in front of you amazing fans. And, and I just want to say, too, because you mentioned DMs and getting messages. Uh, one thing I noticed people you know contacting us about wanting season tickets and the names i see they weren't on a, on the spreadsheet uh from last year so uh, i will say this about season tickets um the second that schedule comes out whenever it is we're gonna be right on it contacting you guys and, sure, and letting you know the precautions and safety what's going on in the arena well and like i've said before it's been hard because we can't release any information on season tickets because if we sold season tickets early in the summer for a 56 game season it got chopped to 46 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when we come back and we may start mid-january it may be a 40 game schedule so you know right away we would be refunding money or trying to make up for you know people that have paid for more than what they're going to get and then also we don't know what the restrictions are going to be in our state or others uh, but us here, personally, if we were allowed 30% attendance, selling a bunch of season tickets may hurt us in the long run because we might not be able to offer tickets on actual game nights or as many as we would need to meet our budget. So it, there's so much that's going into this this year, and it's been a headache, but uh, it's all worth it to put this product on the ice in front of you guys. So watch out for job openings. A lot of these are volunteer interns positions but jeremy's going to be on the bench and running the team with us so that means we're going to have a broadcasting role open possibly we're also always looking for videographers we're always looking for more game night staff and that's usually called game day ops so game day operations that could be anything from volunteering on an ice crew and helping be like a pep crew member and getting the crowd hyped to running intermission games to selling chuckapuck or 5050. Uh, every arena needs this. Every team needs this. I know a lot of positions in some cities get filled by booster club members. Uh, here, we love all of our support from all of our amazing fans. And yes, from people like uh, Annalisa Jack, Cheryl, Bridget, uh, you know, uh, Sabrina, you know, who. Uh, 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 Crystal? Yeah, Yeah, Crystal in the past. All these people have been amazing. So, you know, Dave Peabody, he's always doing everything he can around the rink. A lot of our 
main boosters that help the team with stuff at the beginning of the year, these people are also off-ice officials. So they, on game nights, they can't volunteer on the ice crew because they're volunteering on the off-ice officials crew. And that's a whole nother side that always needs help. That's a volunteer directly through the league. But off-ice officials open the penalty box door. They're scorekeepers. They're stat keepers. You know, they're goal judges. So it's always nice to see all these people come out and support us because I believe last year we had some game nights we had over a dozen off-ice officials there working and uh, that's huge because that helps us keep track of plus minus shots on goal stats making sure all the right stats go to the right players because things happen quick and we don't have instant replay and uh, it gets tough on fans and they're uh, tough on our folks that are doing this yeah so and just one example of that is I remember the Matt Rupert goal against Battle Creek last year, I think the last time we played him, and it was the first time ever that I had, you know, it was basically like, oh, we're going to, like, review the play, even though I was like, did I have video to review it? Like, it never happened before, and I was like, this is amazing. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's tough, but yeah, I mean, like, the volunteers make it worth it, and you know what? We also have a... um, uh, a tab on our, on our website if you go to contact us and then I believe um, the following tab is I think careers and internships we have the list of positions there you fill out the little uh, the form there and then we get an email um, and then we see you're interested and I'd say that's probably the best way to contact us and like I said I mean earlier the better and, yep, uh, that's, well, how, yeah. that's how Jeremy got in touch yep. with us last yep. year, and it all went from there. We set up a conference call and uh, touch base by phone first, and you know, just a few short weeks later, it was like what a month or two later, you yeah, were two here. Yeah. You were yeah. here, baby. Yeah, it yeah. was wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. So yeah. definitely look for spots with your local teams, and if you're in the Port Huron area, you're a fan of the Prowlers. Please reach out to us. We want you to get involved. We want to see you become part of the Prowlers family. So we love to add people to our family and keep this awesome tradition growing in our area. So we're dead set, St. Clair County, on bringing hockey to you. So uh, let's do everything we can to get these COVID numbers back down and uh, make this work. Because honestly, uh, we need to have a season. But also, I need to have a season with... Like could be contact hockey. I can't have us be <laughs> locked down like the OHL and say no contact because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I mean, they are going through with that. They, they've announced, um, which is just wild. I mean, it's so, going to be so different, I would say, you know. So explain it to fans that haven't heard our episode where we talked about it weeks ago and uh, give them a breakdown of what the Ontario government wants. The most premier, most physical major junior hockey league in the world to do which is i think absolutely ridiculous i I mean they simply said it when they said just no contact they don't want hitting you know i which is just so interesting to me you know i'm curious to see if somebody does hit what happens what's going to be the penalty for fighting i I don't know well that's what i'm saying i don't think you can I don't know. But it's going to happen, so what's the penalty? I, I, you I go know. to jail? What happens if you lick your fists? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Jeremy's saying about it, and you lick um, your fists and punch a guy, you just go to jail probably. Um, you don't I, even get a five-minute major. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, this, it's like I, I, I don't know how to access OHL hockey. You know, I do 
I now have a, a server thing at home where I can watch like TSN and Sportsnet. So I will definitely be tuning in to OHL hockey if it's on those two channels. Um, uh, it's going to be very interesting, uh, interesting to see, and um, just so different. I think. And hey, looking at it from you know my scouting duty now, it's going to change a lot of people's games, in my opinion. Well, and that's what I mean. The goal scorers, the playmakers in the OHL, it's going to, you know, just be an easier game mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. But uh, the guys in the OHL that are grind line guys, the guys that dump it in, get on the defenseman, get a hit in, get a turnover, you know, going hard to the front of the net, stuff like that. Uh, I just don't know how like tight they're going to call it on contact you know if you rub a guy out yeah. are they blowing it down like what's happening can, can you pin a guy against the boards and you know, but it and also battle? to me this is crazy because for face-offs we line up shoulder to shoulder mm-hmm. yeah, so right. what does it matter if we're touching each other we're lining up right next to each other yeah uh, and they, i definitely more information needs to come out about it but as of right now it's just no contact you're not allowed to hit. You know what? I am proud of them that they're going through with the season. They want to start February 1st, and they want to do this even with the Ontario government saying that they can't have contact. I love that they're still playing. They're like, F it. We're going for it. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome you know, and that's kind of the way our owners feel. They want to have this season. Some of them want to recoup some losses from last year, I truly believe. Other ones just do not want to see us go a whole year without hockey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, other ones are, you know, kind of like, F it. Like, let's go. Yeah. yeah. And it's sad, but, uh, you know, right now we have, you know, that tug of war. You know, what's right, what's wrong. I honestly think we could have a season and uh, make it a successful one. What's going to be a successful one this year? Making sure we get fans in the stands, making sure we're exposing new fans in our communities to the product on the ice, and making sure our players stay safe this year, not contracting a crazy global virus, and uh, also getting seen and getting an opportunity to move up to the next level and building their resumes. Uh, For some of these guys that need to get games played, need to get points, need to build their resume, how do you do that if you're not playing you know next year they'll never get an opportunity to play in europe if we don't get some games in this year you know they're just going off their past college stuff and lots of times coaches are telling these players go get a little experience and i'll take you next year well where do they get experience you know if you're going to an sb coach and he says you know what you're right there you almost made my team a little experience you'll be you know you'll be a regular here in this league where do you get experience? Europe? Europe saying get some pro experience and then call yeah, us back. Right. You know, it's the right. FHL. We're the developmental league. We're the spot where guys get those first games in and then they jump and they go off from here. And, uh, you know, we got to do that for our players. You know, I would love to be able to be already going right now and do it with no fans and be airing it and making money that way. But, uh, you know, yeah. it's a struggle and it's a roll of the dice. You know, people were afraid to even try to even question, could we do that? Should we try to do that? Should we have a plan to do that? No fans? No fans is dangerous in the minors. You know, we need a TV network to be paying us to do yeah, that. Right, right. You know, we need HBO to come pick us up. We do some, like, you know how they do the Friday night live boxing on HBO? Yeah. We need that Friday, Saturday night live hockey HBO yeah. so we could all get paid, put the product out there to you. But, yeah, you'll have to upgrade your 
cable to premium, maybe. Yeah, maybe that'll uh, expand the FPHL to the West. Yeah, if (laughs) you got family with Showtime or uh, any of those major cable (laughs) companies, tell them that I want to take a meeting. We need to move forward. We need to step up the game in the FPHL because we got the most exciting product in professional hockey today. And it's right here in the FHL. So if you live near an FHL team, you better check us out when we're back out on the ice. Because this is this is the exciting, hard-hitting, fast-paced hockey that people love to see. You only see it in the playoffs mm-hmm. in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Here, you get it all season long. Right, think of it this way also. It's kind of like you're giving back to a small business. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, really? <laughs> you, you are some. You are supporting uh, American small business when yeah. you are coming to <laughs> FHL games, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. So, uh, you know, honestly, I don't know how they're going to do it. I know they're going to lose fans. I know it's going to be hard for NHL scouts to try to weed out the guys that are phonies and don't want to be hit, and the guys that can play and can make it at the you know the best level, the highest level in the world. You know, how do you bring a guy at 18 like Patrick Kane from the OHL to the NHL at his draft year if you don't know he could take a hit and give a hit mm-hmm. and be a physical guy? Patrick Kane was playing in the OHL and he was surviving. You know, that's what made the Blackhawks think he could play here. You know, he's not getting injured, he's not getting hit all the time. You know, that's the thing. You know, Federley was talking about it last week, his first games a couple of years ago. You know, he was like, holy, he's looking out on the ice, there's guys over a foot taller than him, running around, flying as fast as him, crashing and banging into people. You know, guys, he talked about Jay Kenny's fight with Nick Wright, and Jay Kenny's nose was over on the side of his face. You know, it was wild. It was a bloodbath, that game, and that was Fetz's first game. It was wild. (laughs) But, uh, you know... Yeah, I think what's going to make it easy is, uh, you know, probably, you know, training camp. What do you do? You draft a guy, bring him into prospect camp, and then see if he can hang there? I I mean, is that the only way you can do it now? Yeah, well, you draft a guy, and I guess you'll either send him back to juniors for another year next year, or you'll see what he he could do at prospect camp. So yeah. I don't know how you I don't know how you sort this out. If I was an NHL scout this year, I'd be like, "Well, I'm not watching OHL games." <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's it's for sure different, but uh, it's going to turn into pond hockey. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a high scoring league, more high scoring. You know? oh, that's yeah. the last thing we need. <laughs> Jeez. More goals. More goals, more minuses. As a defenseman, we hate that. I, I love a good 3-1 game. That's yeah. a, that's perfect in my eyes. We win one nothing. It's still three points. Yeah. So, uh, folks, last week, Jeremy, I talked about a possible point system that we'll be using to build our rosters this year. Mm-hmm. And I was asking Fetz about it. Now, you heard us talk about it a little bit, uh, me and Matt. Uh, now it would be you would be allowed one NHL player. That player is worth five points. You'd be allowed two AHL players. They're worth four points. You're allowed three East Coast UHL, new IHL, or the old Central Hockey League. So you're allowed three of them. They're three points, and then you have FHL vets, SP guys with thirty games or more. 
uh, you know, one and two points. College guys out of NCAA D1, one point. And there would be a total number, like 25 or 30 points, and you have to build a roster off those points. Mm -hmm. Now, this is coming to be because there's going to be a lot of higher-end guys that are available this year that aren't available in any other year. Right. You know, team sent out in the East Coast League, team sent out in the SP, there's going to be players galore. So to keep teams from signing a whole team worth of guys that got cut from the SPHL and East Coast League, now there's this point system where it's going to have to be, you know, a little more even. Excuse me. That was a Casey's lunch burp. Oh my gosh, Casey's Pizza! Check them out. They're gonna be open through this whole lockdown. So carry out or delivery. Check them out right now. Pizzaporthuron.com. So uh, excuse me, Jeremy. Yeah. Didn't mean to do that. Yeah, all good. You know, garlic burp. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it, what it like. Well, well, the first thing I want to ask you because I. Matt said there was an email. If you guys could forward that to me, that'd be great. Because it might be easier to understand when I read it. But right now, is our is our roster? We have Listen, like it's confidential. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's oh, confidential. Oh, I'm just telling you about that. <laughs> but, I don't know if I could share that information with you officially. <laughs> but with with the roster we have right now, which includes you know, you know, Lebs and and Rupert, basically our our roster from last year. You know, are we doing the math? Are we are we good? Uh, I don't know. Because it, it, like it's not official yet, but I just I'm want more sure information. Gonna, I'll do the math for you, but you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, if you were a part of uh, the first or second team All Stars last year in the FHL, you end up being a point. So you could be like a rookie yeah, with like right. forty games played, and you were a part of the All Forwards or All Defensemen uh-huh. team. Well, all of a sudden you're a point. So mm-hmm. you know teams that picked up a lot of. FHL top all-stars last year, they're going to be in trouble. You know, those are a bunch of little points in there. So they're, every point's going to add up. Uh, you know, I said I haven't played in the IHL or UHL or Central League now in over a decade. So are you but I'm three oh, points, three points. Okay. <laughs> right? I played there. And, and how many points? It's 25? Uh, I don't know. It's not official yet. Oh, okay. There's only whispers of this. Oh, There's whispers. Whoa, okay. So come okay. on, folks. We're we're giving you sneak peeks. If you don't share this on your Facebook and tell your friends to listen to this, you're crazy. Because if you want to know all the inside stuff, Bus League Hockey, you <laughs> should be listening to this podcast. Yeah. Bus League Hockey, you want to know what's going on in the FHL? This is your news source, Bus League Hockey. So if you want to know Bus League Hockey's cheat code, it's The Prowlers Podcast every Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I guess that got a little misconstrued then. I didn't know. I thought, I thought they put a whole a number to add up to, but maybe not. Maybe not. Well... It, it, there has been talks of that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know that uh, it, there was whispers of thirty, whispers of twenty-five. Okay. I, you know, I would guess I would want thirty. I don't even yeah. know where we are right now or how we stand, but I guess you would want more points in case you want to dress a better lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never had an NHL guy here. Uh, but I think by the requirements, what it is to have your points count as an AHL guy, Lev's would be an AHL guy. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. So uh, I think it's 
I think it's like six games or more in the AHL, and Loves has six. nine. Oh, nine? I thought he had six. Okay. Oh, yeah, maybe six. Yeah, I thought that's he had good. Six. But he's also playing the ECHL, so is that yeah. another point? No, okay. it, it, you're either one or the other. Okay, okay. And I think in the NHL, it's just one game. You're one game yeah. in the NHL. You're an NHL guy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, Mike Hoffman's still a free agent. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, folks, watch out for all these news updates on the FHL website because none of them are official yet. We try to break news here even before it's officially broke. You know, we're ahead of the curve. Yeah. Like, literally, we're giving you guys the most inside sneak peek of everything. So if you're not sharing this, you are crazy. You are nuts. So uh, I've always wanted to be an insider, so it's kind of like come true. I know. Mm -hmm. Something else I also wanted to bring up is people. It's been a while, but uh, Michael Bunn from the Carolina Thunderbirds has been making amazing progress. Michael Bunn, uh, he suffered uh, a tragedy earlier this summer, ended up in the hospital, and there was doctors that said he would never walk again, let alone he would never be able to hold a stick or play hockey again. And uh, Michael is doing amazing. He's on his own walking. He's back in PT training. And just the other day, he posted a video. He was training with a stick and a ball the other day stick handling and shooting pucks at pt so uh bunner the whole league we love you buddy you know that uh no one hates you and loves you more than me because honestly i can't wait to punch you in the face again uh but no bunner's got a wicked left and uh (laughs) you know i don't want to get hit by him so i don't know if we'll ever fight again but uh you know we had our battles his first year in the league and uh i made him earn his dues i made him earn (laughs) his spot in the league he'll tell you that but bunner we love you i love the progress you're making man shove it right up all those doctors rear ends because every guy that said you would never walk or skate ever again you're proving them all wrong and we love it because we're praying for you the whole time and we knew you could do it we knew the whole time you could do this bunner so keep up the hard work buddy and uh i can't wait to see you on the ice again like on the ice like because i'm gonna smash you through the glass oh man oh gosh but uh yeah folks check us out every wednesday because uh we're gonna bring you midweek updates in between games so let's get through this little lockdown and uh let's give us a chance to start training camp yeah yeah i know Uh, everybody really just wants to get back on the ice man it's I know, know. it's going to be wild. We got to do it. We got to do it. I don't know what we got to do. If it means, I guess, uh, eating Thanksgiving by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) No Christmas. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, folks, uh, we're going to wrap it up. But one more time, I want to thank our sponsor, Casey's Pizza, for bringing us this awesome podcast. Uh, Check them out because they are going to stay open through this whole lockdown. They are going to take care of you with safe, delicious food. It's going to be safe. They got their masks and gloves on, and they'll bring it out to your car. You just text them, or you just place your order online, and they'll deliver it, drop it on your doorstep. But leave that delivery guy a nice, hefty tip because uh, it's rough for all of them out there. Everyone's battling. And I know there's a lot of servers 
that are going to be out of work, not just at Casey's, all over the state again. So our hearts are with you guys. We support you. We support all of our workers, bars, restaurants, everywhere. We understand a lot of you guys. You're involved in that cash business. You depend on tips, and uh, we feel for you right now. So uh, maybe we'll have to have a, uh, what's it, uh, you know, uh, industry night right. for all yeah, the yeah. an industry night for all the servers where everyone that's a server gets a free ticket in town oh, or awesome. something. We so can, we can do it. I know, yeah. right? We just need all these restrictions lifted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh! Well, stay tuned, guys. Next week we'll give you more updates on what's going on and what could possibly we would be looking at for a schedule change or a potential start date. So this is the Prowlers Podcast. And I'm Joe Pace, and this is Jeremy Skiba. Will likes it when I do it for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he yeah, likes it when it's yeah. Joe Pace and Jeremy Skiba. So, that guy Skiba and uh, the Pace Posse, we're signing off, guys. So, we'll see you next week. Take care.